We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your home for all things college football betting, whether it's DFS, Devi, over unders against the spread. We've got, you know, what was it? Devin Leary plus 5,000 Heisman, something like that. Um, yeah. We don't care. We'll do whatever. I'm your host, Stefan Laco. You can find me on Twitter at StayFunLaco. And I am joined by Matt Wispay, Wispy the Kid. How the hell are you, man? Hey, hey, hey. Um, I am. <laughs> You're such I'm an good. ass. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm good. It's it's like actually college football season. Oh, dude, now. I'm so pumped. It's it's a kind of a weird feeling to know that I um all this stuff that I've been like putting together all this off season, like pay attention to college football and doing all these um like working on tweaking my power rating. I'm like five days away from starting to test it. Yeah. So it's fun, man. Yeah, it's a it's gonna be an interesting year. And twenty four seven still hasn't put out their com- talent your team talent composite, so they are screwing up my power rating. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just got right two seconds ago. I got a text from a buddy of mine, uh, Craig. He was like, "Hey, got a draft. Are you still high on Josh Jacobs uh, this year? Last year you were really high on him." And I was like, "No, nope, not this year. I'm, he's fine." But last year I was. I mean, that was like one last of the, year. That was your guy. That was like the the one article I wrote last year. <laughs> Oh man, I have not written an article in over one year. I I actually just submitted one. I will be writing the Devi, not the Devi, the DFS weekly um, for the college side of things. So I uh, just submitted that today for editing and all that. Uh, but that, that's that was fun, man. It uh, it was fun actually putting my thoughts in uh, somewhat readable form so that I could process through them without it all just being in my mind. I mean. It's going to help us uh, as we're trying to help people put together DFS lineups. And you're going to help me because my work is located in a state where D- college DFS is legal. So I can set lineups when I am sitting at work. I love it, man. It's so good. Um, before we jump into our bets, obviously for people who are new or I guess, you know, new season, new rhythm, uh, we will usually start off with a little bit of uh, nonsense and news. Um, then we transition over to our Picks of the week, our favorite plays, which we uh, we use 10 units a week so we can do half plays, double plays, whatever. Um, but that's how we kind ten, of roll. 10 so time we, plays. Yes. Uh, but that's so we can track kind of how we're doing. 
uh, how much money we're actually making. And then we finish off the show with our DFS lineups and kind of uh, quick thoughts around that. Uh, but before we do jump into all of that, uh, what are your plans for the upcoming weekend, Matt? I'm going to watch some football. <laughs> which which games do you think you're going to be? Because there's it's a pretty shitty slate. I mean, it's no, not it called it's week amazing. it's not called week 0 for nothing. Give me a sec. Let me let me find let me find some actual schedules. Um and see which games do I know I will 100% be watching because it's me. Um I mean, 12:30, Nebraska at Northwestern at fake. It's in Dublin. Yeah. Um I'm going to have that game on. It's just it's it's a given that game will be on. I'm a masochist, so I will watch some of Wyoming and Illinois. Absolutely. That game is is going to be fantastic. I mean, those are two of the most beautiful jerseys that there are out there, let's be honest. Quite. Um I mean, the Wyoming I'm, yellows though really are nice. I I actually like both of those jerseys. Um I'd like to tell you guys that I'm going to stay up for Nevada, New Mexico State, or Vanderbilt in Hawaii. I'm an old man. I will be asleep for both of those games. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll part of me will probably like if I can find a way to watch any of it. I might peek in on Duquesne and Florida State just to see if Florida State can at least go out and house a Duquesne team that they should put up a million on because I, I, there's there's some talent on that team that I actually do like, and I'm just going to be interested to see, like, can they take a couple of steps forward this year? Cause I don't really want Mike Norvell to get fired from there. I think he's a good coach and I would like to see them take some steps towards relevancy. And I just worry that they're still going to get crushed. Yeah. But, but not by Duquesne. Right. They just, <clears throat> if they don't beat Duquesne by seven touchdowns, it's kind of a failure. I I really want Norvell to not I don't I I like him just fine. I really want Prime to take over at a Florida State. So I, don't I know. mean that's good for storyline stuff, and it'll be interesting to see because he'll break recruiting for a cycle. Oh yeah, until people It'd be realize so he's not a the, he he'll break that until people realize he's not a good coach. But if he surrounds himself with good coaches and he can. I can I be the face of the program and bring in the talent. If you're an elite coordinator, do you go coach for the biggest personality in all of college football that actually won't progress your career forward? I don't know if he won't progress. You're going to get to coach the best athletes, though. Like it's like but you've got it's like me in dynasty mode on uh ncaa football baby but do you think he's gonna out recruit do you think even being Deion sanders he's gonna out recruit nick saban no but i think he'll be a top five school every year i i don't know i don't know that i my problem is i think that i think he may realize he can't hack it in the ACC after like two seasons. You know what? I just realized there's actual football on this week. We need to move. We need to talk about real football. Well, we do have one minor thing to talk about. Did you see the fun little report that got reported by uh, Brett McMurphy this week? About Oregon that looking into the Big Ten? There are real discussions, and it is it is now seeming fairly imminent that Oregon will be moving to the Big Ten? They need to. They're, Oregon should be doing absolutely everything they can to get out of the Pac-12. Big Ten, yeah, and I don't know why you wouldn't want them in. Like, I 
I don't know why not. I feel like they're a plus program. I'm not going to pretend like they're the best um, brand out there, but they're a top 20 brand for sure. It's just a question of whether or not you, <coughs> if you bring them in, do you like you almost sort of at that point have to bring along like a Washington? And if so, if you do that, then you're now pushing yourself up to 18 or yeah, 18 schools. And so now you really only have probably two spots left. And with those two spots, you have to figure at that point, you're, you're really set on Stanford and Notre Dame at that point that like it, the Oregon move makes a lot of sense, but it sort of makes the rest of the moves telegraphed and is, it'll just, is that be, a problem though? No, but I don't know that like the issue is, is then I, I like if Notre Dame continues to drag their feet, then it becomes just a little bit. Interesting. I gotcha. Yeah. But, so I don't necessarily think it's a problem. I just do wonder whether or not it, by making it so painfully obvious, then does Notre Dame hold more leverage? Yeah. Um, and we'll see. I think, I mean, whatever. It, it's all good for the Big Ten. And it, honestly, as much as I know people are panicking about this, even if we get three or four super conferences, the football you're going to get to see on a week-to-week basis is still going to be great. Yeah. So, And I think you'll get to see more fun games. Like, I was going to say, potentially gonna, even better games. Honestly, yeah. I think... Even though like that game hurt me in a lot of ways last year, that Oregon Ohio State game last year was fun because even though it always felt like Oregon was going to win, I felt the you exact were opposite. Texting, <laughs> yeah, you were sitting there the whole game saying it's just a matter of time, it's just a matter of time. And then when I looked up, I was like, "Oh, it's like a 7-point game and it's re- really within the realm of possibilities that Ohio State pulls this off." And it was just tense. Yeah. And I think you'll have games more games like that in the Big 10, which is sort of felt stagnant for the past five years. I'm Last year was the one sort of outlier season, but I think you could make a case that Big Ten regular season football had like nine moments per year. And I think with the addition of more football, more good football teams, you'll add, you'll probably double that. So I think that's good. Yeah. Um, and last well, time the Big have- Ten expanded, they brought in lesser quality teams. Now with USC, with UCLA, with Oregon, especially USC and Oregon, mm-hmm. you're bringing in top top 15, top 20 caliber teams. It's, it's really going to bolster the program. Anyway, yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I think we should probably uh, hit the, uh, send some love for our, uh, our sponsors on this. Let's do and it. And our favorite segment of the week. All right. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Picks of the week. Oh, it That's feels my good. Favorite drop. It feels That's so my good. Favorite drop in all of podcasts. Oh, it feels so good. I want to play it again, but we won't. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I have. It's a short slate this week. Yeah. So to just preface this, neither of us are anywhere near ten units. Right. Um, we shouldn't be. I think this is a week where you have to exercise bankroll management because let's just be honest with ourselves, everyone. We uh, we're all degenerates. We would all love to go out and just like dump our entire bankroll into Nebraska and Northwestern. Oh, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever just, heard. <laughs> just go and just just take a breath. Take a take a week to kind of get your feet wet. Like I'm not saying don't bet, but don't bet like the games that you don't have a great feel for. Um, just wait because week one, week one has some banger of games um, that yeah. you will want to bet. And and you yeah, and I already but, have bet on. Let's be clear. <laughs> I, I do have a couple couple of bets down on week one. Um, yeah. So I really wanted to put. An awful lot. I was thinking about putting 10 units on one game, um, like in real life, not on our tracker. Um, but I'm going to listen to you and have a little restraint. All right. So I'll kick us off. Um, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a power rating play. Um, I don't think the Charlotte team is going to be very good. <laughs> um wait it's a really really bold statement no i just love that the very first pick of the season oh, yeah. we're going straight why do you want me to start with the the power five schools no absolute straight trash i love it let's go fau and um, charlotte this is power rating for me i i have actually florida atlantic i have power rated I have them power rated 17.9, or I'm sorry, I would have this line at 17.9 points. I only have to lay seven. Uh, give me Florida Atlantic to go out there and comfortably cover um, at home against the Charlotte team. Um, I'm, it's a one-unit play for me. It's not speculative, but it, I, I, I do think this Florida Atlantic team is going to be maybe the class of the of conference USA. Although I still do like Western Kentucky. I think this is a year where it's a more open than last year. And I do really, I, I would say they are, would be my early pick to win the conference. And I think they'll, they'll get the season started off right here. Yeah. And Nikosi Perry um, transferred over from the hurricanes and he was a guy that I was excited about uh, kind of, he's having a quality. weird, a weird love for Miami, which I still don't understand. Uh, but uh, it's but all they got a lot of dudes I like. I, I'll be honest, Gay, this isn't man. a roster I know, right? Um, but yeah, FAU. I think that's a fun play. Uh, I will also avoid the uh, Power Five for for, yeah. for right now. And go uh, grosser. I'm gonna go with a nasty, disgusting underdog. I'm going New Mexico State plus nine and a half on bet MGM at minus 110. Um, that's a pretty damn good line. I don't know if it's still out there, actually, um, but according to Action Network, it was, um, and that was before the show. So I'm going to stick with it, plus that and a half. 
uh, Nevada lost everything. I mean, there's not much left. They all took off for uh, Colorado State, um, and I don't think they're going to be ready to play. Um, I don't think they can beat. I don't think they can beat uh, New Mexico State by two by uh, double digits. So give me New Mexico State. It's disgusting, but uh, here we are. <laughs> so I'm just putting. I'm just putting one unit on that one. When you say they lost everyone, I feel like it needs to be pointed out that so Action Network puts out um, a metric called it's action or it's whatever returning production. It's called TARP. Um, the four worst teams in the country are Iowa State, Nevada, Washington, and Hawaii when it comes to their TARP rating. Uh, for power rating purposes, it is uh, I believe they have negative twelve on how you should affect your rating with them. That's how bad this Nevada team was impacted by this. Um, yes, I am a fan of this move. Yeah. Um, are you? Do you have a play on this game? Do I? No. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I want to. There's a part of me that, like, this is one of those ones where I'm exercising some bankroll management here because I just like betting against the literal worst team in the country. Um, and that's New Mexico State. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, Nevada is my 103rd ranked team. New Mexico State is my 131st. They're both quite terrible. <laughs> I would probably, if I was purely following my numbers, I would be on the other side. But I'm not feeling good enough about it to make a move there. All right. What's your next play? My next play is one you're going to... No, we'll stay. I'll, I'm going to go to a conference I know, and that is Nebraska. Um, Nebraska is laying 13 points in a neutral site game against Northwestern. Um, so it's minus 13 on DraftKings. Um, I we've already heard a million times that Nebraska is the best three and nine team ever. Like that's not. No one's being cool by telling you that because we all saw it um according to s&p plus they were like a top 30 team even though they were three and nine um i think casey thompson is a pretty reasonable quarterback i think they're not going to turn the ball over as much as they have in previous years and scott frost is legitimately coaching for his job at this point so i anticipate they're going to come out and score enough points and I still think this Northwestern team is just a bit of a struggle on offense consistently. So, yeah, give me give me Northwest or I'm sorry, give me Nebraska laying 13 points. I hate betting favorites like this. It makes me feel gross. Um, but yeah, that's that's the play I got to put down here is covering that uh that big spread. If you had to kind of guess a, a final score in that game, what would it be? 31 to 10. Yeah. Under 50 and a half, which is what I'm going to be playing. I want the under in this game. Uh, my fan or fan duel, uh, the line is 50 and a half. Give me the under. I feel weird. I'm betting underdogs and unders and you're betting favorites. This is like bizarro world, but here we are. It's early. Here we are. Uh, it's week zero and we don't know what we're doing. Apparently. Uh, no, I just, I don't think either offense is explosive, explosive enough. Uh, to get over this number, I think Nebraska wins handily, but there is a 
I'm always scared of the backdoor cover when you're talking about a, a Nebraska team that I don't think is all that good. Yes, they were better than their record was last year, but they're still not like, in my opinion, a good football team. And I think Northwestern isn't going to get embarrassed and destroyed like like they did uh, last year. So I think it's a pretty slow moving game. I think Fitzgerald wants to uh, make sure of that to kind of keep it close. So give me under 50 and a half and I feel very good about it. But this is part of the reason why I don't know if I want to watch this game. I will watch this game, but I won't enjoy it. (laughs) I won't enjoy it. Well, I'll enjoy watching this one hit. Um, It's going to be like going into the second quarter. It's going to be three, nothing. And uh, I'm going to be sitting good. Well, if it makes you feel better and it should, um, Pat Fitzgerald under since 2007, um, are 107 and 74 and two. Um, they hit it a fifth. So that's 59.1%. So it is a winning play consistently. Um, I said Fitzgerald, right? Did I say the wrong name? Who knows? I think you said it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm, I've been, I've been kind of working on some other things in the background, but <laughs> All right, with, yes. What's your next play? So you made me feel bad because so you shamed me about uh, taking a favorite and um, also taking a. Uh, no, nah, I haven't taken an over. Let's let's not get crazy here. Um, so I'm gonna go with two plays on one game, not like your single game parlays that you love so so dearly. <laughs> I'm going to take Wyoming plus eleven against the the Illini of Illinois. Um, is that on the road? It is. So it's at Illinois. Um, listen, I just, I don't think Illinois is a good enough team to run it up on anybody. Um, I think they are much better coached than they used to be. I think that Bielma is a reasonable coach. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that this will be a difficult one, but I also think that with this Wyoming team, they've kind of known their identity for about a decade and it's find a running back to give the ball to and run the ball. Yeah. And they do it a whole lot. I think you were going to probably mention this in your uh, DFS stats, but they run something like 60% of the time, 64 and a half, 64 and a half percent of the time. That's really good. They have a capable running back named Titus Swen. Um, if you're a DFS guy, get to know his name because he should be one of those guys that will be like, why is this dude kind of expensive? Cause he's good enough. So I think they're going to keep the game close and low scoring. And that is why I'm taking Wyoming plus 11 here. And then I'm also, I'm going gross. <laughs> um, under 44. I believe I, me. Now we have to I'm, put an explicit warning on this, uh, on this episode. Cause that's fucking low. <laughs> There was a part of me that even I'm sitting there when I saw that number went, is it too low? Is it? No, it's not. Because (laughs) this game's going to be like 20 to 13, something like that. 20 to 14. Maybe you get 21 to 14. And I'm sweating a little bit. Um, Yeah, it's not going to be a high scoring game. So... Give me both of those. Give me Wyoming plus 11 and the whole game under 44. 
And now I'm back to being the gross individual that I love to be. Yeah. Well, I agree. Um, absolutely agree in that analysis for, the, for this game, which is why I have uh, a same game parlay. Uh, funny you should mention those. Um, I'm taking Illinois minus four and a half. I also don't think they're going to uh, be able to get up on win by a lot, uh, but I do think they win. Um, and then I want the under 54 and a half. I agree with you. I do not think this is going to be a high scoring game, but uh, at minus 125 is where I was able to get this on DraftKings. Um, I was very happy to do so. Um, for the show purposes, I'm putting one unit on it. I put a lot more on it. Uh, IRL. Uh, so very excited for this one. It feels like cheating uh, taking this bet, um, which is why uh, I'm happy to play it. So the, the the part I'm more nervous about is the Illinois minus four and a half than the under. I think the under is a slam dunk for sure. Like that 54 and a half, like, an, I mean, I just, it would be shocking. Shocking. I just, yeah. Um, I also think Illinois just wants to win. Like Illinois has got a pretty tough schedule this year. They need to take care of their non-conference games. It has to start here. Um, so yeah, I, at home, I think uh, Chase is a, is a good, good running back. I think they'll be able to lean on him, get the win, get out let's say get out of there, but they're at home. So stay at home, but you know what I mean? Um, let's see. I'm going to go with another play here real quick. This is um, maybe my favorite play of the week. I'm taking Utah state minus 26 at UConn. I mean, not, no, it's that I actually don't even know where they're playing. I don't know who's home and I don't care. Um, Logan Bonner is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. They have lost a lot of, uh, receivers, uh, but they still have plenty of talent, and I think they're just going to go ham. UConn is a very terrible team. Um, maybe the only thing worse than UConn's pass defense is their run defense, but I think Utah State was is going to stick to what they like to do, um, which is throw the ball an awful lot. So um, I think Utah State gets up big, stays up, and the only reason I don't like the over is because I don't know if UConn's going to score very much at all. So I think Utah State easily puts up, puts up 40, um, and I don't know if UConn scores more than a touchdown. So feel real good about this one. I have it as a one-unit play. I'm changing it to a two-unit play because uh, I can because there are no rules in week zero. <laughs> no, there are rules. There are rules. <laughs> uh, what, I'm curious uh, what your numbers say on this Utah State-UConn game. Pass. It's just kind of right there. Let me look. Sorry, let me actually. You're making me. Tap I'm making you stuff. work on the fly. Yeah. I I just um, I feel I so confident. Have, I would have Utah State as a 24 point favorite. Ooh, so, so this, is, this would be a pass play, but yeah. I am. I'm with you, in spirit, but it's also partially because early in the year my t- my numbers tend to not know what to do with truly atrocious teams. Right. Um. Because it's hard to balance them, um, especially UConn, because UConn took off the 2020 season. So part of my power rating um, takes like a three-year weighted average on S and P plus, or maybe it was four-year weighted average. And since they were missing one in a year where they were going to be terrible, it actually probably salvaged them a little bit. Um, so eh, that could be a point and a half to two points. So sure. I mean, probably not, but it's it's very close. And I also just don't know that 
Like Utah State might not be great, but I think they're probably a lot better. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm am with you in spirit. That's good enough. That's good enough. All right, you All got right. one play left. Let's hear it. So do you. Let's fight. Is, we haven't fought. Does yet. this work? Neither one of us like guns. I know. So <laughs> it was the only thing on the board. Wait, how fine. about this one? <laughs> I like that better. Okay. Um, all right. We're getting back to grossness. Um, but we're looking, here's what we're looking for here. We're looking for a middle because both of us can win on this play because we have different numbers. I'm taking Hawaii to cover eight and a half points against Vanderbilt. You are taking. I'm taking Vandy minus six and a half. So Vandy wins by seven or eight points. We're both happy. Yeah. That's Not good. a true fight, <laughs> but in spirit fighting. Um, so <laughs> I'll be honest. I have, I have Hawaii here as a, uh, as a slight outright favorite in this game. Um, and I'll kind of explain why, and I'll explain why I have minor concerns based on that. When you're doing a power rating system, you typically want to band them by like conference because it sort of backs in the idea of like if you play a really difficult schedule and you play more talented teams on a week-to-week basis, then it's going to affect how your production metrics tend to be. So it will sort of like keep you within your realm. I didn't do that with Vanderbilt because to be honest, I don't know that it matters. Um, And I didn't do it with, I didn't really mess around with it too, too much because Hawaii was also atrocious. So I didn't, immediately like stand out one of the other reasons why i'm still making this play despite my minor concerns because as i mentioned earlier hawaii is also one of the teams most affected by uh returning production metrics in my formula is because of the fact that hawaii is actually a pretty good covering team early in the year when they're playing at home since they've won they've not won they've covered their last five games at home in their first game of the year which is meaningful Basically, it's a little bit anecdotal, but it's if you are a team that is iffy and you are having to go travel really far, it is going to be slightly more difficult early in the year when you're not necessarily as well put together as you would be week nine. So that's kind of my thought press on this. I do My numbers say play Hawaii, and also I, I think it's that's a tough road trip for a team that... I as much as I like their coaching and I like their staff, I don't know that they're at a point where they're going to put it together yet. So fingers crossed. Actually, I'm kind of, I'm like I said, I'm actually rooting for a seven point game. here. Yeah. That'd be That's fun. my seven point is the wheelhouse. Yeah. That'd be perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. I just think Vandy is a significantly better team than Hawaii. I love the coaching change. I think it's really fun um, at Hawaii. I think uh, Chang was such a fun player to watch. Let's see what he can do coaching uh but not right now not with this squad um i think there's just way too much turnover i don't see them putting it together meanwhile um vanderbilt well yeah they're they play in the sec but they are the worst team in the sec but still um i just think they their squad is is just more athletic stronger faster and i think in the end i only need to win by a touchdown so uh i like vandy uh, quite a bit here um, but just a one unit play for me, but we are, um, what, what is it when like two gentlemen have a, a 
disagreement dueling. and dueling maybe <laughs> we're no gentlemen who are we, we are in, we are <laughs> fisticuffs yeah. engaging in fisticuffs <laughs> there we go i like that that's good um cool well let's uh let's recap that real quick uh matt why don't you give me uh your plays for the week um i went florida atlantic minus seven against charlotte i went nebraska minus 13 uh, at a neutral field against Northwestern. I took both Wyoming plus 11 at Illinois, and then I also took the Wyoming-Illinois under 44. And to round it all out, I took Hawaii plus 8.5 against Vanderbilt. <laughs> I like your radio voice there at the end. Um, I took try. New Mexico State plus 9.5 against Nevada. I have a same-game parlay of Illinois minus 4.5 and, and the under 54.5. I am taking under 50 and a half points in the Nebraska Northwestern tilt. I have two units on Utah State minus 26. I really like that play a lot. Um, and then I have Vandy minus six and a half at Hawaii. Um, do you know if they're in the normal stadium again in Hawaii or are they still playing in that uh, high school stadium that they had to play at for a bit? It's a good question. Um, because I do feel like that would be really weird. Like you're used to, like you used to be in the SEC. Uh, you you've been like at LSU, all these great stadiums, and all of a sudden you're in a high school gym. It'd just be weird. Can't find anything that. <laughs> it I'm oh sure. wait, nope. It looks like they have. Sure. It looks like they might still be in the high school stadium. Yes. <laughs> I need to change my that. pick. I I'll be to... honest. I kind of love this. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I need to change my pick. I don't even care. I'm I'm all in on whatever, <laughs> wherever they're playing football. All right. Give let's... me Timmy Chang not having a team go into a full-on mutiny against him. That's That's what I want. Yeah. That's what happened last year. His team went into mutiny against him previous. They're the previous regime. Right. Yeah. Oh. Um, That's amazing. All right, let's all right. Uh, let's let's hit the drop. D F S. I don't love that one as much as picks of the week, but I do like that one. <laughs> I just like how sexy I can make my voice. <laughs> oh, it's insane! I'm excited, man. Um, I have already put my one lineup in. Um, in DraftKings, I've put it in a couple times and I have one that's just like slightly different, but I feel so good about it that like I just want to play it everywhere. And I know that because I'm so confident, something's going to go wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at, so I have your lineup in front of me. So let's, let's go through it. Um, as I mentioned, I'll be honest, I'm not anywhere near paying attention in TFS at this point yet. And I let you kind of run with this one for the week because you are uh, actually prepared. So let's run through your DK lineup and I'll kind of, if I see anything that's super noteworthy or if you have anything you want to share specifically, uh, let's run through it. Yeah. So let's uh, start with my quarterback play. I'm going to go with Austin Reed. He is the most expensive quarterback on the board. And I think I think it's for good reason. Western Kentucky um, is 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 kind of stupid good when it comes to quarterback production. Um, last year they averaged four and a half passing touchdowns per game. 
uh, as opposed to uh, 0.9 rushing touchdowns. So they definitely like to air it out and put up a shit ton of points. So yeah, Bailey Zappi is gone. Um, Jarrett Dagey actually had transferred in from West Virginia and he lost out to Austin Reed. Austin Reed coming in from Western Florida where he won the Division II championship. Um, he's not, I don't think many people know a whole lot about Austin Reed. He's not going to add much rushing. He only ran for 174 yards last year. Now, he did have four rushing touchdowns. Um, so I just think he has a lot of upside. Um, I would not be surprised. Um, I mean, Western Kentucky, um, I wouldn't be surprised if if they put up um, 60 points. <laughs> you know, like they're going to put up as many points as they want to. Uh, so I want that offense um, as a key cornerstone. I guess all cornerstones are key. That's what makes them a cornerstone. You're the architect. You tell me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Austin Reed, what do you think? I mean, he's the most expensive guy on the board for a reason. I think while they did lose their offensive coordinator, they're still, I think the expectation out of Western Kentucky is that they're still going to be trying to be a high flying offense. They're still going to try and really not do exactly what they did last year. Cause I don't know that the pieces are in place for them to do exactly what they did last year. But that being said, they're, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to try and win the ball in a total with the forties. I think they're going to try and win games where the total ends up in the sixties. So that is good for fantasy. And when you're playing against Austin P uh, you right. should be able to score points. So I, I do think it'll be a little bit of an interesting, um, trial case with Austin Reed to see if he's capable of really filling in that um, Bailey Zappi role and just becoming fantasy football joy. Right. But I mean, that's, that's my guy. I'm not, I'm not going against, I'm not going against Western Kentucky when it comes to fantasy plays this year. So hundred percent, he, he could be a, he should be your, your cornerstone piece to your lineups. If you can fit him in there, you should fit him in there. Yeah, and I think this is one of those where you you pay up here and you you find somewhere to save money somewhere else because I don't think I don't think there's another quarterback on the slate that's going to put up quite as much as he is. Uh, my other quarterback that I'm going with though in the Superflex is Logan Bonner. Um, we talked about Utah State a little bit earlier. They also really do prefer to run. I mean, to pass the ball, um, especially for scoring. They um, through for 2.9 touchdowns per game. And again, only average 0.9 rushing touchdowns. So their scoring uh, primarily takes place through the passing game. And while a lot of the receivers are gone, um, they were able to bring in some, some key transfers and they have, they have, you know, um, some, some returning production, just not very much, but um, having a Maryland guy come in, I think makes a big deal. We'll talk about him later. A uh, little foreshadowing there. Um, so I mean, I'm really excited uh, for for Logan Bonner, but uh, not as if I can only pick one. I'm 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 going to pay up for Austin Reed. I like that. Yeah, and he averaged um, a, um, Logan Bonner against non-power five opponents last year. Uh, averaged 285 yards and 2.9 passing touchdowns. So um, he really took advantage of uh, step down in competition. So. Uh, just something to think about. I, I do want to quickly say before we move on to running back, I'm baiting Jordan Travis. I know Florida State is playing Duquesne. 
Um, I think he could do something with his legs, but I don't think Florida State's going to air it out a whole lot. I think they're going to rely on their running game uh, quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm fading him just because uh, he is 8,800. I don't want to pay that much money when there's a decent chance um, they don't even need him going into the second half, and they did all the work on the run game. Not not his legs, because I don't think they want to risk any injury um, at this point. They finally feel like they have a starter. I don't think they want to play that game again. So I'm yeah, fading Jordan Travis. That's all I'm saying. I Yeah, I think if you're going to pay up, I think the two guys to go with are, are Bonner and Reed, just based on matchup. Um, I was trying to look through and see, like, are any of the like the trash school players worth taking a look at? Um, and I think you're probably right to just pay up this week. I will um, say, I will say, Travis did mention because we were chatting about it last night, and um, and Travis was was telling me that he thinks if um if UNLV uh, end up going with Harrison Bailey. He's only 4,500. He could be a, a pivot play if you want to spend up at other places. Uh, one of the reasons I would rather just go with the sure things or what I think are the sure things is because this week there's no super expensive players, skill players um, that I love. So um, I didn't feel the need to try to save at quarterback to spend elsewhere. Um, to me, I wanted the, uh, the opportunity to get huge numbers from, from two quarterbacks that should put up huge numbers. Uh, Jordan Travis, to me, just... Yeah, I think he could have a huge... I actually went into this week thinking he was going to be a play um, because Duquesne, hello. Um, but the more I looked into it, I just felt better about the other two. I like it. Cool. Let's uh, let's go to running backs. Um, my favorite play is um, 6100 bucks. So again, I have to not spend too much because I am going big on quarterback. I'm going with Treshawn Ward. Um, Ward is not the most expensive running back on the slate for the Seminoles, uh, but I do expect him to be the best one. Uh, he was just named the starter earlier this week, which I don't know how much that matters. I'm sure that they will all be getting the rock, but considering he is the starter um, and he is not the most expensive, I just love it. I think Treshawn Ward uh, could have a, an absolutely uh, massive day. I could see him breaking off a couple big touchdowns. Uh, he was also um, the most explosive and efficient um, running back on the team. Uh, he had more receiving yards uh, despite having fewer receptions than any other running back. Um, so I, I, I like, I like Treshawn Ward uh, an awful lot this week. I, I like those. Or I'm, I, I, I do like him a lot. I think he's the Florida state back. I would be targeting of these, but of the bunch between him and Benson. Um, Price is right. I think you you probably made the right choice fading the the top end guys. Um, Toa Feely was a guy I was thinking about uh, just because he was even cheaper. <laughs> that's fair. Um, no, I mean I would think we'll see. I I have one other one play you didn't mention uh, that isn't in your slate that is a guy I like, but I'll let you talk about your second one. Well, um, you've already yeah you've already mentioned his name. We're gonna go. Uh, with Titus Swen, 6,000, uh, running back for the Cowboys of Wyoming. Now, we both are on the under on this on this game, so I don't think either one of us are really suggesting that he's going to go out and rush for 250 with three scores, but we think he's going to touch the ball 
a hell of a lot. Um, he was a really like, as good as Valaday was last year. Um, Sven was the more efficient back. He led the team in yards per carry, which I know isn't like the most um, incredible stat to use, but it's something. And uh, he, yeah, he's on a team that runs the ball a shit ton. They, they ran the ball 64.6% of the time last year. Um, Illinois defense uh, gives up more rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. So I do think that would be where Wyoming could exploit them. So I think it actually is a good matchup for Wyoming because Illinois weakness on defense is more against the run game. So that being their strength, maybe they can hang for a little while. And um, I think Swen is the reason why. So uh, I feel pretty good about it. Um, last year, uh, the Cowboys, um, only only in three games did they not rush for either 100 yards or a touchdown. So, um, excuse me, Illinois, you know what? It gets too complicated and confusing because I'm an idiot. Just go with Titus Swin. That's all I'm trying to say. I like it. Uh, the one other running back that I, I did want to mention that I think is worthwhile. Um, actually, I'll name two. Um, and neither one of these are your fades, so I'm okay saying these. Uh, the first one is Cam Porter. He missed all of last season with a... Northwestern, uh, right? Yes, from yeah. Northwestern. He missed the entirety of 2021 20, uh, with a lower body injury. Prior to that year, Cam Porter was sort of a, was expected to be the, the lead carrier for that Northwestern team. So the fact that he's the second most expensive guy on Northwestern against a Nebraska defense that I don't anticipate being world beaters. I think that's a reasonable one. Um, and then the other guy on the other side of the ball is Ramir Johnson, who is he's again, he's not he's not a special guy. Um, but he gets he gets used and he gets some receptions. He's averaged about two receptions per game, did have a couple of scores last year through the air. Um, I think he's just kind of a little bit if you're looking for some guys that aren't necessarily listed as like starter, but are in games that the script is most likely going to push for, um, like higher, um, higher run script games. I think those are two guys that I like to, uh, be able to balance out the cost of your roster after you paid up at quarterback. Yeah. Um, I like that. I was actually thinking about him a little bit. Um, I ended up going for like one of my deeper plays. So one of my flex um, is Gabe Urban. So another running back in that game, running back for Nebraska. I just think there's so much um, for the same logic that you are talking about uh, Raheem. I think it makes sense. It could be him. It could be Urban. We don't really know. I think the opportunity is going to be there for someone, but there's not really um a clear lead running back in this room. So that's why I'm going with the cheaper one because I do think there's some value here. The implied point total in this game, it's not huge. It's not like Utah State big, but it's 31.25. Uh, so there, there is an understanding, like Vegas thinks there's going to be some points scored by uh, Nebraska here. And uh, I think it's reasonable to think it comes in the running game. I like it. So yeah, similar, similar ideas behind those plays. We just start going with different names. So. All right, let's jump into uh well, so your fade was the most expensive running back on the slate, Calvin T or was Calvin Tyler. Right. Um I think the logic there is basically that if it gets too big of a blowout, he's not going to end up maxing out what 
you would hope for with such a strong matchup. Yeah. Um, in fact, and it's just that he's I, likely to get pulled out. In five blowout wins last year, um, he averaged only 50 yards rushing and 0.6 touchdowns. So not really worth using. So in blowout wins, he now in games where they were close or that they lost, where they were using him a bunch, he was amazing. So I get the pricing. I just don't think this is the right week for it. So he'd actually your worry with him is that he's going to get game scripted out because they're doing too well in the and specifically in the passing game. Um, I think if there is a script where he gets pulled early because they're up huge and he's the reason why, I just don't think that's the most likely outcome, which is why I'm going with with Logan Bonner and receiver company. I like it. I do. Uh, so wide receivers. Yeah, um, we can stay in that game because uh, I'm. I, I mentioned him already. Uh, Brian Cobb transfer from Maryland. Uh, I, I like what he said in an interview. He was like, uh, "Utah State lost their top three wideouts. I felt this was a perfect situation for me." It's like Brian Cobb. I agree. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I think uh, he's not even the most expensive priced wide receiver on the team. So again, spent big elsewhere. I'm going to save a little bit of money by um, not going with McGriff. Um, but, but, uh, selecting Brian Cobb and, and while he wasn't super productive last year for Maryland, um, I think the opportunity, uh, for him to have a, a, a good game is, uh, is pretty massive. And at 6,000 bucks, it feels like a, a good play. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> another one I like is in that Western Kentucky game that we expect to be another high scoring affair. Um, you can get Daywood Davis for four thousand eight hundred. He's the sixth. He's the sixth priced wide receiver for Western Kentucky. So cheaper than a bunch of other dudes. Um, and that's despite finishing last season second on the team in yards and touchdowns. Uh, so this is a great way to save some money and still get a, a high ceiling play um, because he could rack up those uh, those big those big touchdowns. So I like Daywood Davis a lot. I think he's underpriced. I think even if he doesn't have a massive game. Um, the value is is pretty incredible for four thousand eight hundred. I I do like that one. And then I'm trying to see, we've kind of already touched on uh, Gabe Irvin enough as your deeper play. Uh, you mentioned, uh, well, you no longer love Micah Pittman, so no, no, that's why that's why it's so interesting that he's a fade. Like anyone who listens to me talk about Micah Pittman knows I love the man Micah Pittman. You hate Micah Pittman. But, we all get it. But I don't understand anyone playing him at 7,500. I don't see... It's, it's Duquesne. That's the, the idea there is that you're you're getting a Duquesne matchup. Um, but why would you pay but why would you pay for the most expensive option when there's been no clear separation? He's never mm-hmm. done it before. Like yeah, his brother is in the league and that's impressive. But the dude has has only um, he has thirty eight career receptions in eighteen games and averages less than thirty five yards per game. And and this five is what you want to. He's good for like five years because the talent is there. <laughs> the talent is there, but I don't think the production is going to be there, and that's what this is about. And I was wrong, Matthew. I was wrong. There's a reason he left Oregon halfway through the season last year because he was the fourth best wide receiver on that crew. And that's not a very talented crew. Mm -hmm. All right. So quick run through your final lineup. Um, Cause your other one is just Utah state. Get another value play on here. 
Kyle uh, van Leeuwen. Uh, it's a Dutch yeah. name, which it's of the lion or from lion. So that's fucking cool. Um, also, he that's is nice. the he is the second like as far as returning production goes, he's the second uh, highest wide receiver on the team. Uh, which again, they lost a lot. So, uh, but he's he's been in the offense. He's played with Logan Bonner. Um, I think it's a pretty safe, cheap option. So yeah, uh, my quarterbacks are Austin Reed and Logan Bonner. At running back, I'm going Treshawn Ward and Titus Swen. Um, wide receiver, Brian Cobbs, Daywood Davis, and Kyle Van Leeuwen. And then my flex is Gabe Irvin Jr. So, And I'm saving we $400 talking, is what I have left. I, uh, I put together a lineup as we were talking. Um, I'm with you on Austin Reed. I'm with you on Titus Swen. Um, I'm going to roll with my Cam Porter play. Um, I'm going to play. How, how much is he? I don't have it in front of me. He is 5,700. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, I found good. a min cost um, Nebraska play that I sort of love, and it's New Mexico straight, New Mexico state transfer. Um, I believe his name is Isaiah Garcia Cast Castaneda. Um, yeah, he was at New Mexico state last year. Um, because you know you always want to go with whatever. Aggies. Um, I had him actually in a few of my C to C leagues. He's fairly productive quietly, um, and he was quietly productive for an atrocious team. Um, so last year he racked up 578 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Again, this was for New Mexico State that was literal garbage. So I like him as a as a min play to basically allow me to fit in my next guy which is a guy that if you play in C2C leagues with me, you don't have this guy on your roster because I'm at 100% ownership. That's Malachi Corley, who I believe to be the number one on this Western Kentucky offense. I'm going with your cheap play of Kyle Van Leeuwen um, at Utah State. Um, and then I'm going to also, we're going to get more of that Western Kentucky office. I'm going to take David Davis as well um, at 4,800 and then finish it off with Logan Bonner. Um, and that leaves me with $100 left over. I don't think it's like some, I, I I think this is a cashing type lineup because I did the, the Davis and Corley with Reed. I do think there's some potential for a lot of points there. Um, I think that Garcia Castaneda should be a guy that is fairly high ownership because if he is in that lineup, if he is a guy that it like, this is one that you're going to want to push to try and find a uh, Nebraska corn Huskers, uh, depth chart and see if he is cracking it uh if he does and he's in like the top if he's in the two deep which right now it looks like he'll probably be the back the number one backup behind uh omar manning uh he's a guy that i think probably gets you a little bit of like cheap production and is is pretty solid so uh that's a name i like out there so yeah just keep an eye on him so. oh that's great that's fun um, again, for the sake of the podcast, we just do the $1 whatever contest that is. I don't remember. I have them. I, I have my lineup in a bunch already. Um, and then I, 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 I do have a, a slight variation where I uh, have uh, Robbins and Chase Brown in a lineup with uh, with Brock Lane, um, cheap Utah State guy. But anyway, um, that's just some contrarian stuff there. But it's fun. I'm excited, man. Uh, next time we talk, we'll be talking about what we saw, hopefully no injuries, and a whole lot of fun football games for week one. Uh, we've got Georgia-Oregon as uh, as one of the big ones, uh, which I am, you know, 
I'm, I already know we're going to lose, <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. You're allowed to lose games. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cool. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Um, do subscribe to the show. Uh, we get it out on the individual feed um, about a day earlier than the road of his main feed. Again, check out the article. I've got my reasons written out. I probably won't go this in depth every week because we'll have more games to talk about. Um, but you can catch that article over on Rotoviz to get the DFS plays. Um, of course, if you play this one, you won't even need to read that one because you'll be a millionaire and you'll be off in Cabo or something fun. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Matt, do you have anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Bye, Kion Grace. Thank you all so much. <laughs>